It's the bottom line on News Radio 610 KONA. From the Tri Cities to Olympia to DC, we break down the stories of the day and the people making the news. And that's the bottom line. Time to get the bottom line. Presented by McCary Meats in Basin City with your hosts, Rob Francis and Ed Dawson. Well, a federal judge ruled the college athletes in two sports can be compensated, but they can't be paid. Huh? Drug tests for food stamps. It's not a new idea, but it is gaining traction after the president loosened up restrictions on the states. 2020 in the Dems, who's in, who's out, and who's under attack? But first... Give us your bottom line. It's your voice, your show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509-547-1610. It is the bottom line. News Radio 610 KONA. A happy Monday afternoon. Rob Francis said Dawson with you, 547-1610, if you want to get involved. We'd like to welcome to the program freshman legislator from the 8th District, Matt Benke. Good afternoon to you, sir. How are you? Hey, good afternoon, you guys. I'm doing great. How are you guys? Well, waiting for everything to melt. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I hear. Yeah, but other than that, everything's great. So uh, first thing we want to ask you, Representative Benke, there was a piece of legislation that went through uh, the House last week that was sponsored by Representative Bill Jenkin um, that the, the... legislators in the 8th, 9th, and 16th kind of split on, and it had to do with um, establishing, allowing cities to establish their own public facilities district. Now, as someone who was a part of a public facilities district, talk to us a little bit about the implications of that piece of legislation and why you voted against it. Well, so like you alluded to, being on the Kennewick City Council, I was the vice chair and the leader as a representative from Kennewick on the Tri-City Public Facilities District is what I think you're alluding to. And what this bill was going to offer up is to allow PASCO, which they have that opportunity, to go ahead and set up their own public facilities district and go forth to do a project on their own. And, of course, voted by the citizens, they're allowed to do that, and they should. Uh, I was voting on behalf of the 8th District, Richland, Kennewick, as part of the Tri-Cities, has been working with the Chamber of Commerce, Tri-Dec, and, as you know, uh, my tri issues of trying to bring together as one Tri-Cities and continue to our work on the Tri-City Public Facilities District. So my concern was that this would start pushing out wrong messaging that we're not all in one trying to work forward together as the three cities, as we've been doing for years. Since I was a kid, we wanted some people to have us all as one city and then continue to work that. We try to work in the city of Kennewick with performing arts working with a regional pool when um, I believe some of the surveys are coming out for another food market in Richland and some other opportunities that we can do. And we want to get back to the voters those opportunities to allow us to work together as one city. Now, one of the things that the way the public facilities districts are set up right now is it spreads that that potential tax burden across multiple cities, multiple jurisdictions. If a city set up was was able to set up their own PFD, it would burden the taxpayers of that city alone, and the cost potentially would be certainly larger for them than it would if it was a county-approved project. That's correct. And our issue has always been a lot of people in Kennewick don't want to vote for a tax that may be spent toward a project in, in Richland or in Tabasco. So that is a good thing that they would want to push for, and they have that opportunity. And as Bill Jenkins did, voiced his opinion, as well as I think Representative Rude, uh, as part of the 16th, and went forward with that. 
We just felt on the 8th and discussing with our leadership from the city of Richland, West Richland, and Kennewick, we wanted to maintain the Tri-City Public Facilities District and support that opportunity with my Tri-2040 and the 2030 plans that we got set up there. We're talking with Representative Matt Banky from the 8th Legislative District here on the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. And Representative Banky, we know that it's been a busy time, uh, a little bit into last week, certainly into this week as we approach the Wednesday 5 p.m. deadline to pass bills out of their originating chamber. And in fact, uh, you're standing by to head back into the chamber after a, a break, and we appreciate you taking the time. Uh, what uh, is on your radar for uh, the time? between now and that 5 p.m. Wednesday deadline? Right now we have a couple uh, health care uh, bills that are coming up. We have some transportation. My big one is working House Bill 2012, which I sponsored. I want to have the opportunity for all K-12 instructional staff to receive a yearly bonus of roughly about $5,000. <clears> In a nutshell, this allows the opportunity for not just teachers to get a standard, that professional teaching standard across the board, to occupational therapists, speech-language pathologists, the nurses, the other uh, supporting elements of our school system in order to get at the goal of being better as educators to support in our students as a whole to be well-rounded throughout that, and that's one of the big ones. So that does that kind of supplement the McCleary uh, funding part? It does a little bit because McCleary got out a lot of the teachers but didn't really get and address the other instructional staff at the school, so it does. Now, we're talking with Representative Matt Banky from the 8th Legislative District here on the bottom line. Uh, talk to us about House Bill 2111. Um, its purpose is to strengthen the security of elections in the state by eliminating some options that, well, maybe some voters weren't sure were there for them in the first place. Exactly right. Uh, I don't know if a lot of people still listening in have a fax machine or even know this. I know when I teach at Columbia Basin College, some of the students coming up don't even know how to spell fax let alone what a machine that that fax would be transmitted on. But those of us a little bit older know that this is another way of communication along with email and texting that we want to eliminate that was an opportunity, like you said, to go ahead and be a part of the election process. So if you're in a remote location, you have an opportunity within the state of Washington to fax in your ballot. Um, One of the things we look at as an analyst with cybersecurity background of 28 years and also, by the way, military, Uh, This is a big threat to us in our system. One of the big cases on all sides of the parties was worried about the contentious part of, is it really true, the integrity of our counting system, how ballots are being counted, how they're going to be rolled up into the aggregate and into the final count. So this bill gets at really the ongoing efforts of where the cyber criminals are trying to hack into our networks. We want to be as secure as possible. And this is one of several bills that are going to be coming down the line that we're going to be working with the Secretary of State on to secure our election process and continue to make Washington the leader when it comes to elections. Representative Banky, one of the uh, the hot topics right now, because we just changed our clocks uh, yesterday or the night before, is the daylight saving time uh, issue. And most of our listeners know that there uh, are bills in Olympia uh, pertaining to this particular subject. And that ultimately Congress would have to approve any such changes if the, you know, if the bill makes its way through and and gets the governor's signature. The president today said that he would be fine with something like that. What do you think the prospects are that Washingtonians uh, wouldn't would have the ability to not ever fall back again? 
I think it's fairly high, to be honest with you. Uh, it came out of committee. We voted over it over the weekend when it was on the floor. And, yeah, on Saturday it was one of our last bills. And, and for those listeners, we actually do work on the weekends. So for those of you who think we just take the weekends off, uh, we had this on the floor. Very healthy discussion on both sides of the argument of different things that have come up over the years and, like you mentioned, across the nation. And so as a national voice has kind of come out to the state of Washington, we're looking at helping support and get one standard. And it's looking like it's going to be very positive coming out of the House and into the Senate. And we're hearing from the Senate that they're going to agree with this and move it forward to the governor's office. Well, not only Washington State, but there was there's much debate about uh, the entire West Coast kind of going at this as a block. And, and we know that there are other bills in Oregon and California that are also making their way through and have a decent shot. But then British Columbia, Canada gets into the conversation that, hey, they went in on this, too, if if the western states of the U.S. Uh, do this. Right. And you see it now being leader across the international realm and other countries are looking at how this is going to affect them and what's the impact on it and i believe it's a good thing we can kind of standardize across the board uh what we need to do um my family i guess a shout out to my father's from arizona they haven't done this yet and they're fine and so he wanted to kind of push this this is one of his big bills that he enjoys that i got a chance to vote on and honor to represent the eighth district up here devoting and debating this issue. I got to tell you, Representative Benke, uh, my dad and stepmom have lived in Arizona for a number of years, and and that's the big debate is whenever I call them, uh, the, the first question is, so what time is it again there? <laughs> <laughs> now, we're talking with Representative Matt Benke from the 8th Legislative District here on the bottom line. Uh, you've got a couple town halls coming up uh, in your district with fellow uh, 8th District Representative Brad Clipper. You want to let us uh, get a little bit more information on when those will be and uh, how people can get involved? Yes, thanks, Rob. I appreciate you guys giving me an opportunity. Uh, on behalf of Senator Brown, who's the lead, of course, for the 8th District, we're going to be supporting with Representative Clipper on March 23rd, a town hall meeting at the Ark of the Tri-Cities in Richland off Ballard Street between 9 a.m. to 12 noon. And I want to make sure this gets out for Saturday, March 23rd. There is a website, our Facebook post already set up, and not only my legislative page as well as Representative Clipper and Senator Browns will have notices for this. Our big key is to get this out to as many people as possibly can. We're big into communication to ensure we answer the questions and really want to hear from the citizens of the 8th District and bring that message back from the 8th of those concerns, those issues, and things that we're really wrestling with up here at the Capitol. We don't want to forget, and the reason I ran, and you guys know this from interviewing me, is the piece of being a legislator to be a representative is that communication. The big one is listening to our constituents and ensure that we understand and have a clear message, and between the three of us, we support that message coming out of the 8th. Finally, because we know that you're kind of uh, keeping one eye towards the uh, the House chamber as they uh, look to get back into session here shortly. Um, any rumblings on uh, when we might start hearing or seeing any bits of budget negotiations or even uh, budgets from any uh, corner of the legislature or even the governor's office, for that matter? Yes, that's a great question. On the 25th is one of our big deadlines that's going to be coming up. I know our staff, as well as representatives across the districts here, are meeting already. They're doing the different um, planning meetings, preparation. We've already submitted a lot of the requirements and the paperwork, the administrative side of that. That gets into that committee. It's being discussed. It starts doing the prioritization of what we're looking at for the budgeting process. And then from that process going forward, we start 
seeing what we can work with and how we can start looking at the negotiations. But the 25th is the next deadline that's coming up for that one. 8th District Representative Matt Banke, we appreciate you taking a few minutes to uh, to chat with us and get our listeners uh, up to date on what's going on in Olympia. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Again, another shout-out to anybody. If they're up here in the Capitol, feel free to stop by and see me. I want to say congratulations to the Richland um, boys basketball as well. The Kamaikan girls basketball did a great job. I had an opportunity to go down to Tacoma Dome and see some of that basketball play. And don't forget to contact me not only on the website, but the toll-free hotline, 1-800-562-6000. All right, Representative Matt Banke of the 8th District. Appreciate you joining us here on the bottom line. Going to take a timeout, 547-1610. If you'd like to weigh in on any of the uh, items that Representative Banke touched on, 509-547-1610. You can also email us at the program here by going uh, to the website, 610kona.com. The bottom line website, uh, bottom line page on the website, rather, fill out the form and send us your question or your comment. Back with more after this. Can't get in by phone? Give us your bottom line through email. Send your thoughts from the bottom line's page at 610kona.com. Back to the bottom line. Presented by McCary Meats in Basin City on News Radio 610-KONA. Bottom line, News Radio 610-KONA, Monday afternoon. Thanks to freshman representative Matt Banke for joining us in the previous segment. If you missed any of it, well, you know, Ed... There's now a way that you might be able to hear that interview with Representative Matt Banky and uh, get it in its entirety. Oh yeah. Well, there's this there's this 21st century thing that we finally got on board with. The internet. Well, we've been on the internet. Oh, okay. But an I element so. that works within that realm called podcasting. Aha. Yes, we are now podcasting. The bottom line. Uh, if you go to our website, 610kona.com, on the front page, under bottom line, you'll see bottom line podcasts, and you will be able to listen to the program now, hours one and hours not, and hours two, uh, not terribly long after uh, the program is over, so you'll be able to revisit hours in their entirety. And we've we've kicked it off the right way. The first two are from last Friday, uh-huh. Our the first hour. Um, and they're labeled 3 p.m., 4 p.m. First hour with Jason Mercier from the Washington Policy Center. And then hour number two, which might get a click or two. It already has. Yeah. Uh, when we spoke with the two doctors that set up Ideal Option, uh, the Needle Exchange Clinic in Kennewick, uh, yeah, that, that one, that may or may not be something you may want to check out. Yep, so we are up and rolling on 610kona.com with podcasts, uh, so you'll be able to check out. You can check out Friday's show if you missed it, and if you missed our interview with Representative Matt Banky, you'll be able to catch that as well. You know what is uh, what they say, hot off the press? Uh-huh. The brand-new Tri-Cities Visitor Guide is now available. They just uh, released it today. Uh, an online version, and you can uh, you can order it. Uh, you know, a hard copy. I was uh, thumbing through it electronically, and you know what? Uh, 
they are no longer touting 300 days of sunshine. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, probably because I think people were taking that literally and counting days and all that kind of stuff, especially uh, where we got no days of sunshine last month. People are kind of looking at it. Uh, so they've changed it to um, an, a, 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 uh, an abundance of sunny days each year. So okay. an abundance. No longer three, 300 days of sunshine. Just thought I'd share that. Well, that's, that, that's you, good. Look, it's been a, been a couple rough winters, so, you know. Well, and, and look, when you have a catchphrase like that, um, much like the one that we know is not put out by the city of Yakima, but the big sign that says the Palm Springs of Washington, you're going to get, you open yourself up to criticism. And the last thing that a visitor and convention bureau wants to do is have any criticism. So... Smart move, abundance of sunny days, no longer 300 days of sunshine. It's got, uh, you know, all the great attractions that that we know are uh, that draw people in from, you know, around the Northwest and beyond. I just thought I'd share that. Well, appreciate that. Thanks. I'd like the... it always it always hung me up to the the whole 300 days of sunshine. So, well, we, I mean, look, two of the last three winters have been particularly brutal. So maybe they thought they'd. Uh... They they kind of adapt and make yeah. it a little bit more of a yeah. In case anybody's counting, you know. Well, I think they were. That was the problem. <laughs> Five four seven one six ten. If you want to get involved, you can also email us via the website six ten k one a dot com and tweet to us as well. Uh, you can hit us up at bottom line six ten. Where today's poll question? Actually, we should. Uh, we didn't have a poll question on Friday. We were that busy. We oh, that's right. We, that's true. Friday. We, we were did, packed we, with guests. We were absolutely packed with guests. Uh, but one of the topics that we will be discussing uh, today, we want to get you out and ready for our poll question. Should drug testing be a part of the process to receive government assistance programs like welfare and food stamps? Hmm. So you can go to at bottom line 610 at 610 KONA radio and answer the poll question. We will definitely get into that topic uh, very shortly, because for a long time, and we'll give you a little background on it, for a long time, states were unable to make any modifications, or I shouldn't say modifications, they weren't able to add any additional regulations to the SNAP program. But recently, the president came out and uh, has given states a little bit more flexibility especially since what he wanted to get done uh, in the 2019 Farm Bill or 2018 Farm Bill. He wanted more regulation on SNAP. Well, it didn't happen. So now he's going to give states the ability to address the issue if they so choose. Right, because as you said, the funding for that program actually comes from the Department of Agriculture. Yep. The food program, the food stamp program, uh, even though it is distributed statewide you know within each state so yeah we'll talk about that we've got a number of uh, topics on the agenda if you'd like to be a part of the show 547-1610 email us by going to the website 610kona.com go to the bottom line page send us your question or your comments this is the bottom line news radio 610kona local news and more stay with us
Join the show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509-547-1610. Back to the bottom line with Robin Ed. Presented by McCary Meets in Basin City on News Radio 610, KONA. This is the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. If you'd like to join us, 547-1610, email. Go to the website, 610kona.com. Go to the bottom line page, fill out that form. Rob and I get an email. And uh, more often than not, we share those on the air. Yeah, it has to be really bad for us to not share it. So well, there have been a few. 99% of them made yeah. it to the air. Yeah. Um, so we led with the poll question for today. Um, should drug testing be a part of the process? to receive government assistance programs like welfare and food stamps. Some states have tried in the past to make modifications under the SNAP program, Mm -hmm. but they weren't able to do so because under federal law, you can't make, you can't add any additional weight or burden to the program at a state level. Well, now an order by the president that came out at the end of last year would allow states to toughen the SNAP program. That's right. Alabama is the first state to do this. Well, they're attempting to anyway. They're, yeah. they're, they're attempting. They're, they're, they're tackling just that, yes. Yes, Alabama is attempting to be the first state that would add additional regulations to the SNAP program. Uh, It is House Bill 3. It would basically consider drug testing for food stamp recipients, um, and they're doing it in a... a, They're basically doing a three-strikes-you're-out approach to the program. Let's go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio 610 K1A. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hi, fellas, it's Mike. What's going on, Mike? Hey, um, one of the things that I tell my kids all the time at school is, if you want something in this life, you're going to have to suffer a little bit. And I use the word suffer on purpose because anything worthwhile requires a fair amount of suffering, not necessarily torture suffering, but nonetheless, you're going to have to suffer. And, And if you're willing... To suffer for four years, three years, you could become a pipe fitter, an electrician, a carpenter. You could cut hair, on and on down the list. So if, if all of those things include um, non-drug taking because you're not on the, the government's dime, you're on your own dime, then you want to do the drugs, do whatever. It's your money. You can go to class high, you can whatever, it doesn't matter. But if you really want to get something, you got to suffer. And if you want to suffer on the government's time, then I don't see how it's even a, a, an issue or a, a topic of conversation when you want to take money from the government and still use drugs. I, I don't get it. Thanks for the call, Mike. Appreciate it. Five four seven one six ten. If you want to get involved in the program, see this new bill in Alabama would place 
they, they would it would require an individual to take a drug test if there is quote reasonable suspicion that the person uses drugs. Now, no, being poor is not reasonable suspicion that you use drugs. What that would fall under, according to this bill, says reasonable suspicion is someone who has had a drug conviction within the past five years or previously failed a SNAP drug test. They would be screened if, quote, a reasonable person would conclude the applicant uses or is under the influence of drugs without a prescription. Now, if it's approved, applicants would get a warning for their first failed test, then be ineligible for food stamps for a year if they fail a second time. There is a provision that would allow a parent to designate a third party to receive SNAP benefits for a dependent child in their stead. A third failed test, permanently ineligible for SNAP benefits. If an applicant refuses or delays taking the test, they would also become ineligible. If it's approved, it goes into effect of the first day of the third month following its passage and approval. So this is something that uh, states have talked about, as we mentioned. They hadn't gotten very far uh, because of the federal ties to to that money. Uh, but now that they're given the flexibility to do so, what do you think of this? 547-1610, 509-547-1610 here on the bottom line. Let's go to the phones. You're up on the show. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Rock from Richland. And what's on your mind today? Well, I was just going to say, I don't know if anybody said it yet because I just got back in the car, but I have to work to pay into that stuff and I have to take a UA. Why wouldn't they have to work to receive it? Or why wouldn't they have to take a UA to receive it? You know, it's one of the more interesting conundrums, isn't it, my man? Yep. It, it really is. It's There are so many jobs out there that require you to take a drug test as a stip, stipulation of employment. Yep. But yet, the, the tax dollars taken out of your check, there is not the responsibility to receive those. Um, some elements have been cracked down upon, uh, over the course of the last decade, but yeah, a lot of the programs that receive full on 100% federal funding, you do not have to determine whether or not you are of sound mind and body to receive that money. And that's been one of the biggest sticking points for a lot of people is that, I have to get a drug test to have that money taken out of my check. You should have a drug test in order to be able to benefit from it. Let's go back to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Uh, This is Keith. Hi, Keith. What's on your mind? I'm retired now, but I I worked a long career, and I was always subject to UAs. And, you know, years ago, the guy's all talking about it. And the drug problem, and it was like, you know, if everybody that got a check for anything had to take a drug test to get it, we would no longer have a drug problem. Yeah, it, it's kind of a no-brainer. It just, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. 
Appreciate the call. Thank you so much. And yeah, I, I I don't know if you'd eliminate it completely, but you'd sure take a big chunk out of the abuse, wouldn't you? I'll tell you what. You know, we we've heard a lot of people over the course of the last couple of years, whenever the drug epidemic and the multi-layered aspects of the drug epidemic come into play. And how much of an impact would not receiving federal money have on these different epidemics? How many more people would feel forced to go into a treatment program? How many people would really look at it and go, gosh, if I test positive, I'm going to lose my food stamps. I could lose welfare. Gosh, I, I mean, I need to get cleaned up just to be able to afford to put food in my mouth at this point in time. So then what becomes the number one thing in that person's life? Does it become the drug or does it become food? And being able to pay rent or being able to, you know, if you live in, in, in Section 8 housing, is it being able to comply with those regulations to be able to provide some money for that? Keeping the electric on, keeping clothes on. I mean, right now, you can do drugs and get all those things. But if the tide begins to turn, could that all in and of itself be a solution to curbing the problem. It's not a, it's not a, it's an interesting point. Absolutely. And, and you know me, I, I like to look at all the different angles and everything. And I got to tell you that the way this bill in Alabama is crafted, uh, two things jumped out at me as, as if I could almost hear people say, well, yeah, what about blank? Okay. Two things that, that I think are really good and address and addresses two key counter arguments. Number one is if you are under the influence of the drugs, but you have a prescription, okay? There are certain prescription drugs that, you know, if you could have a bad reaction to and it looks like you're you're completely out of it. So, so long as you have a prescription for, I don't know if they have medical marijuana in, in Alabama or not, I don't know. But that, 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 that popped into my mind. The other one is three strikes and you're out. Yep. And so that it's not targeting. It's not one strike and you're out. You, you are allowed a couple of mistakes before you, abs, you, know, you lose those benefits. I, I, think, I think this is a tremendous piece of legislation that I think gives – states a little bit more power in how they allocate this money and it also helps for lack of a better term with the public relations with those that are not in it not on snap but their money is taken out of their paycheck to pay for certain federal programs like this 5471610 back after this now back to the bottom line on News Radio 610 KONA. Presented by McCary Meats in Basin City. It's your voice, your show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline 509 547 1610. 
You can email us too. Just go to the website, 610kona.com. Go to the bottom line page. Send us your question or your comments. Talking about a proposed bill in the state of Alabama that would uh, change and tighten uh, the restrictions and requirements attached to food stamps. And the president has said that he he gives his blessing to the states uh, to come up with ways to, uh, you know, maybe have that flexibility in doing such things, even though the SNAP benefits come from federal dollars. This particular bill in Alabama uh, would attach a drug test to getting your food stamps. And it's basically three strikes and you're out. You have three, you know, three failed drug tests. You lose your benefits. Um, You also would be, uh, you would be able to get a pass, so to speak, if you were under the influence of drugs, uh, but you had a prescription for those drugs. So, uh, you know, the, the medical marijuana and some of the other things that, you know, make you impaired, but you have an okay from your doctor, that would not count against you. What do you think about that? It's part of our poll question on Twitter. Absolutely. At bottom line 610, very simple. Should drug testing be a part of the process to receive government assistance programs like welfare and food stamps? Now, some states have cracked down as far as welfare is concerned uh, and made them a part of... Some states have added that into into requirements when it comes to welfare. But food stamps is a new one because states have never been able to mess with the food stamp program before up until now. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610K. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, guys. It's Chris from Richland. What's up? I'm not too sure about the drug test thing, but I do believe everybody should have to work for what they get. I think people take for granted things they get for free. So I do believe that able-bodied people should have to work. Um, the drug testing, I guess, can be debated. Um, but I don't think it's enough for what they get by itself. That's all I got to say. All right. Thanks for the call, Chris. 547-1610 if you want to get involved. Bottom line, News Radio 610-KONA. You know, it's, it's an interesting debate because there are those that will say um, – well, you know, those people that, that have an addiction problem, that may be why they're they're destitute, that, that they, they can't work because they can't, you know, beat the addiction. Okay. So then the other question that comes back to it is, why does everybody have to pay for it? Why does everyone else have mm-hmm. to pay for that addiction? If you can't find a way to... Um, at least stay clean enough to be able to take advantage of those type of programs that other people have to work to take a drug test to be able to earn the money that comes out of that, why shouldn't there be a stipulation placed on the receiving of significant amounts of government money in order to be able to cash those checks? Like I said, I you know me, I'm kind of in the middle uh, on a lot of issues. 
It has those two provisions in it, um, you know, a three strikes and you're out. It's not a one strike and you're out. And uh, it makes an allowance for uh, prescription medication that, mm. you know, may make you a bit off. Um, you know, it has those two things in it. I, I'm fine with it. I, you know, I for, for all the reasons that you mentioned, and it, it, it takes away a lot of the um, people that could be punished, you know, innocently. And it really goes after the people that I think are abusing the system. 547-1610-509-547-1610. I had a thought that, well, what if they debated this type of a bill in Olympia and then I stopped myself short? Yeah, I would never get, no. It might, it might, it might get a hearing in committee and testimony uh, but with the makeup in of the legislature in Washington, it would never see the light of day. Yeah, no, you're not going to get you're not going to get any ground moving there because again, this we're we're talking about two different approaches. We're talking about dependence and independence, you know, and, and even the understanding of okay, look, if you're an able-bodied person and for whatever reason you're not working, at least be clean. At least, at least be able to pass a drug test to be able to get this money. At least, I mean, and for some people, I mean, people that have been addicted for a long time, it is it is work to get clean and stay clean. It is that for some people is a job in and of itself every day to be able to go through that and be able to maintain their sobriety. That's exactly the point that you sh- you show that you are serious about finding a job and getting your life back together by getting clean. That's one of the things. Let's go to the phones quickly. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is Mary. Hi, Mary. What's up? Um, my problem, I, I don't have any problem with adults that don't have any kids, but when they have kids and they can't afford to feed the kids, then the kids suffer too. So nope. if there was a way around that part well there is mary there is a provision in there that would allow a a third party to be named as uh, the the beneficiary for lack of a better term um that that person would receive uh the other individual's food stamps to be able to take care of the kids uh but that's if they're if they're uh out for a year the first failed test is a warning Yes. The second failed test is ineligible for a year, and a parent would, and there would be a designated third party to get the SNAP benefits for the dependent child. Now, does that apply if the person becomes permanently ineligible for SNAP? Ooh, you know that that's where I mean that second one is the warning shot across the bow. You can't get them, but you can designate someone else to get them in place of your child. That's when you got to turn around and realize what's more important. My family, my child, feeding them or feeding the habit. And is it accountability? Absolutely, it's accountability. Is it forced accountability? Yep, absolutely right. But you have to ask yourself the other question. Why should someone be able to go through life with an addiction that they're not treating and be able to get all these government benefits and then not be challenged. More of the bottom line next.